Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tessa of Wrestling.com, joined by Robert D. Felice on the Saturday morning to talk about Friday Night SmackDown. Robert, how are you doing today? Colin, I'm so excited to sit here with you and talk about all the exciting things of Friday Night SmackDown, like the newest developments with the Riot Squad, or, or the, the <laughs> thing with uh, Alistair Black. Oh. Yep. It was, it was a rough Friday night, Colin. It was a it rough was. Friday night. And uh, we can talk about a little bit of the releases, at least on SmackDown. Oh, we're we're going to, because we're going to have to. It's inevitable. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a tough week on, on that front, but uh, it was a, a fun episode of SmackDown, and we'll, and we'll talk about it. Before we do, just want, want to remind you all of this show, like everything we do here at WrestleZone, is available on any number of streaming platforms, whether it's SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. We've got you covered, so leave, leave a like and subscribe. Um, I know I enjoyed SmackDown this week uh, in a vacuum, but uh, Robert, as you said, just having that uh, that kind of specter of, of the releases hanging over the whole show, especially when, yeah, when you saw Liv Morgan out there, the last Riot Squad member standing, and the fact that we're never going to see who who or what the Dark Father was all about, at least in the WWE, it's a, it's a little, it's a tough pill to swallow. But, uh, well, life shouldn't bury the lead. Let's start with uh, some of the good things. Andrade was on Friday night. Oh, wait, that was another show. <laughs> God. All, all the rough, fun stuff to talk about is like not, not having to do with SmackDown. Smackdown. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, you know, in WWE news, Andrade, now in AEW, so good for him. Uh, but over on SmackDown, the SmackDown side of things, the Usos faced the Mysterios twice for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, and they failed to win both times. The first time it was uh, a botched uh, pin count, a little bit of a, you know, weird kind of situation there. And I think that was the, it was, I think it was the idea of the storyline where like the, you know, to kind of uh, set up this rematch. Uh, but basically, the, the start of the show, the Usos faced the Mysterios for the SmackDown Tag Titles. Good match, good old you know tag team wrestling, and Dominic pinned. I think it was Jim Jimmy uh, with a roll up after counting a splash, but the, he uh, Jimmy clearly kicked out, and then um, obviously the Usos were unhappy with that, so then uh, they went backstage. Roman Reigns furious, chewed him out, and uh, and one highlight he addressed the wrong Uso, and he said at this point it doesn't even matter. This man's a gold, a standing gold mine. Everything he does is amazing, uh, but that that led to uh, the Usos confronting Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville, saying, "Hey." You know, this isn't right. We want we want a rematch tonight. And so did one Pierce, quote unquote, reviewed the, the situation. And then they, they stopped the Mysterios as they were leaving the building and said, hey, uh, this isn't right. You got to have another, ma another match with Usos here. And Usos still couldn't win that one this time around. Roman Reigns got involved at the end. He just beat the crap out of Dominic Mysterio. Baby champ left worse for wear. And uh, he attacked Ray as well. Uh, and then yet, yet again, more, um, you know, tension with the Usos here. I thought this was very interesting in that they've done a really good job kind of weaving that uncertainty. It was like, will the Usos win? Will they lose? How's Roman going to feel about that? Uh, and even, especially in the second time around here, it was like, if if they lose, is Roman going to like, you know, force Jay to beat down Jimmy? Like, you know, there's, there were a lot of uh, question marks here. And that's, again, what we've talked about it. I really enjoy everything that we're getting with the storyline. And now at the end here, a little more uh, tease where, you know, Jimmy left the ring, Jay has stayed in the ring, uh, kind of stared down Roman. So definitely more uh, uncertainty as we go along here. Robert, what do you think of these two tag team matches and uh, I guess where we might be going here with the tribe as, as it currently stands? I like that it's so uncertain. I like that I have no idea what Roman Reigns is doing, if anything, at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. For a minute, I thought I could see them parlaying into a feud with the Rey Mysterio. Yeah, you know, that's... Ray's a main event guy. Ray headline mania. Ray's done all that. Yeah, of course. But I still think it's there. You go. Comment from Eddie Zahari. Roman and Jay, Hell in a Cell. 
Or actually, Roman and Jimmy. Roman and Jimmy. I think I'm, I'm I'm thinking of Roman and Jimmy. I have been for weeks at this point. I'd be very surprised if they didn't. I mean, the story's right there. And Jimmy literally acknowledged it uh, on on Friday night. He said, like, when when Roman wanted him to him wanted Jimmy to acknowledge him, he was like, "Man, I already did when you choked me out of hell in a cell." And again, for a company that far too often that like ignores these things that happened months ago, uh, it's nice to get to you know to treat the viewer like they're smart and be like, "No, this happened, and now we're here a couple months later, and that still matters." Uh, unlike the Alistair Black situation, that's another whole other thing entirely. But um... it's interesting to me that they seem to be acknowledging this. I still don't like that they're feuding. I don't understand why Jimmy won't acknowledge the truth that Roman is the top guy when it's clear that Roman's the top guy. I don't know why Roman's like, I don't want you winning the tag titles. You know, it's it's very strange. But I do think it's the best story on WWE television by a mile. And it can only get better from here. One thing nobody's talked about. They do have those nobody's bitch shirts. And they do have one for Jimmy and one for Jay. So is this leading to Jimmy and Jay turn on Roman? I don't know. We'll we'll have to see how this plays out. Yeah, I mean... I, I think I say it every week now, like they're this, you know, fork in the road. It's it feels like a win win situation. It's like if they have Roman feud with Jay, if they are yeah, Jimmy, if they do, if they do it right, it could be just as good, if not better than Roman and Jimmy's feud from back in the fall. Uh, or they could have the Usos team up, fall in line with Roman and have a, the stable. That would be good as well. Or on the other hand, having uh, the Usos collectively turn on Roman and do, doing that. I mean, all three options to me seem appealing if they're done right. Um and again, I think at this point, I like the idea, at least in the short term, of having Roman face Jimmy at Hell in a Cell. Uh, and it feels like that's where they're heading. But because they do have that uncertainty, you know, that is definitely not a solid guess. Uh, and the Hell in a Cell is already two weeks. No. Yeah, two, two weeks away. From, two weeks, two weeks yeah, it'll away. be next week. They only have one episode of SmackDown. Well, they have two episodes of SmackDown left to build. Yeah. So. so. I mean, and to me, that's why, like, I think Jimmy would make sense because, you know, they've already been doing the slow burn a little bit. And now we're, we're kind of, you know, amping it up a little bit rather than, you know, if you do, I, like you said, raise a possibility based on what we saw uh, Friday. Obviously, he would want revenge for Dominic getting the stuffing beat out of him. But Dominic uh, being a, a match would be fun. I think that'd be a, a different thing. It would be different, uh, you know, having baby champions getting, you know. Wow. That, I mean, Speaking of baby champ, let's talk about that for a second. Because Roman, when they lost the first match, one of the things he said was, you lost to a child. Now, Dominic is maybe 23. 23. Yeah, or so right on there. They got to kind of tone it down a little bit with the, he's a child. He's a child. He's the age that Randy Orton was when Randy Orton was chasing after the World Heavyweight Championship and held the Intercontinental Championship. He's the age that Pete Dunne was, I believe, several years ago when he was already being seen as a top star. I get that you had this thing where you can play him as a child because we saw him as a child and he's literally Ray's son. But it's it's weird. It's a weird thing that this 23-year-old is a child and a baby and how can you lose to him? And this other one on NXT UK is like a five-time champion in Tyler Bate. You know, like, yeah, they got to pick their battles. No, I agree. Uh, hey, for, for perspective, if uh, if Dominic is 23, that's how old I am. So uh, I don't think I'm a baby. So I, I don't oh. think Dominic should be treated like one either. Let me you tell know? you, I feel older every day. And you <laughs> saying that doesn't help. You know, um, 
I mean, yeah, I guess they they have a couple options here. I guess for me, in terms of probability or potential enjoyability, uh, Roman and Jay, or damn it, Roman and Jimmy, right at the top there. Roman and Ray could be good as well. Um, or if they, you know, kind of try and draw this out and just not have Roman on Hell in a Cell, I don't necessarily think that's likely. I think he'll be doing something. Uh, but I mean, it's interesting to see. Uh, and to me, like we've been talking about, would this be a very good chance to have Roman and Jimmy in Hell in a Cell kind of, you know, go for, full circle with the Roman and Jay feud? I mean, I think that'd be something uh, that I would like to see. But again, Either way, like I'm, I'm, I feel like I will be satisfied whichever way we go if it's done right because all the options on paper are appealing. So a very rare situation for WWE or even wrestling well, in general. It's it's not rare when the uh, rotating people go around Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is what makes all of these matches appealing. Roman Reigns made the potential match with Edge appealing, the potential match with Brian appealing, the eventual triple threat. You know, Roman is the guy right now. That he is. That he is. And, uh, you know, I think I think our own John Clark tweeted it. I mean, last night they had the fake cheers piped in, but, you know, still the stuff Roman was saying, you know, he's getting this really great heel heat and then going out there again, beating the the stuffing out of Dominic Mysterio would definitely be a great way to get some get some uh, some heat from a, from a live crowd. And, you know, in a little over a month, I'll have the chance to do that. And Robert, you've talked about it before, whereas you might expect the crowd to cheer Roman because he's, his character has been so good. He's still got some heel, you know, some heel response at WrestleMania. So it will be interesting to see that uh, once we're back on the road full time. Um, and yeah, again, we're, we're almost there. So uh, speaking of Hell in the Cell, uh, the card is still kind of, you know, nothing, nothing. But it, it seems pretty clear, like where they might be going in some cases. Yet again, it feels like we are going to get uh, Seth Rollins and Cesaro. Rollins had a very brief interview on uh, last night where, you know, Caleb Braxton interview him asking about Cesaro, what's going to happen when Cesaro returns. And Rollins just like threw the, threw the microphone at her and was like, you know, didn't really say anything. Uh, but but it's still, it feels like that's where we're I don't going. like that we're uh, 14 or 15 days away from this pay-per-view. And there's not a single Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Match. Laura Rocks has like, confirmed one Cell match. I don't remember seeing that. Uh, to me, I think they've announced a couple matches. They've about- announced a couple of matches for hell in a cell but yeah. they have not announced a hell in a cell, in a match. cell match yeah now drew and bobby have a contract signing i assume the words hell in a cell will be used yes and my guess is rollins and cesaro will be the other one but this is the reason why you shouldn't do these themed pay-per-views because now you have a pay-per-view that needs a sell instead of a sell that needs a pay-per-view because that's not how you book, but that's a different story entirely for another podcast, another day. I just to wrap up on that point. Thankfully, at least some of these feuds seem like they might warrant a Hell in a Cell match, rather than in some years past they literally just throw the cell onto a match because of it. that's the, the stipulation pay per view. You know, Seth Rollins and Zaro. You know, it's, there's some bad blood there. So there's some heat. Obviously, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre. You know, that's one way to, you know, spice that up because we have seen several matches there. Um, to me, again, Roman Reigns and Jimmy Uso would make sense as well for Hell in a Cell. Uh, and Eddie Zahari kind of sim- similarly predicting Lashley McIntyre, Cesaro Rollins, maybe Bianca and Bailey. And I was just going to mention that as well. Uh, we are getting more, I mean, uh, re- not, I won't say reruns, but, you know, running it back was the theme of the night on SmackDown between two tag team championship matches, uh, Bailey getting another tag, t- uh, another SmackDown title match at Hell in a Cell uh, because basically Bianca Belair doesn't like her laugh. 
And uh, and then Sami Zayn attacked Kevin Owens. So we're getting more of that as well. And yet, yet, yet another week where I'm like, I was really hoping that for the last pay-per-view, we, we'd kind of, you know, do something differently, get some new, get some fresh matches. And then instead, we're just kind of moving along here a little, a little uh, statically, you know, it's been a little stagnant in that sense. But we can talk about this Bailey thing versus Bailey hijacked the Thunderdome and had her laughing face surrounding Bianca Belair after Belair had said that she didn't like getting laughed at. And she, you know, she it wasn't the first time people tried to hold her down. You know, a fine promo. I, I like the message there, but I don't like the idea that Bailey's getting a, another title match without having won, you know, any match to deserve it solely because Bianca doesn't like her laughing. Okay, well, all right, all right, I understand that. Fair point. Let's do it like this: We've got Bianca, who's the champion, Maddie and Tamina, who are tag team champions. That's three of your seven SmackDown women. Sasha is nowhere to be found. Making She's just that Star Wars money. Making that Star Wars money. Uh, you got Carmella. You got Liv Morgan. They did a thing against each other. So all you're left with is Bailey. So you either put Bianca in there with the tag champs or you have her go against Bailey again. You know, it, it, that is what it is. I am really starting to think, I know I've come on here and talked about, hey, they should merge. It's starting to look more and more like if you're going to keep doing what you're doing, Maybe you don't need a brand split. And I understand that that hurts superstars like Bobby Lashley, who maybe don't get a world title run if this Roman Reigns is being this good on a consistent basis. But maybe you just don't need uh, a WWE brand split. Maybe you don't need, you know, all these champions. When I think across the two main brands, what is there? 11 women? Seven on SmackDown. Uh probably not much more on raw so probably right on raw on raw it's ripley nikki charlotte oscar charlotte oscar dana and mandy dana mandy Shayna naomi shana so, so we got not so we got nine just barely a bit more than seven we definitely don't have enough for a royal rumble <laughs> uh, that says a lot yeah you have um, enough for about half a rumble match between both brands and you've got three championships you want these women to be fighting for. It's time to consolidate. So then you have 15 women for a singles and a tag team. That sounds a lot better. It does. Yeah. Uh, the, the the one of the biggest takeaways this week has been that number seven for SmackDown. Seven women's wrestlers on SmackDown. Uh does not look good on paper. Uh, and it, it, people say, well, you got an XT and you can always call up Mercedes Martinez again or you know, maybe Karen Cross goes up after In Your House. I don't know. It certainly feels like they could be rushing that title off of him in a Fatal Five way. But you you need more women. Yes. And right now, the best way to do that, I think, is to consolidate. But getting away from the perils behind the scenes and all that and just talking about what we saw, Bailey pulling some Batman, some 60s Batman villain type stuff from our good friend James Espanto. And yeah... Yeah, she's quirky in the worst way, but it's also like you're so endearing and we love you for it. She's going to be a baby face again in yeah. no time. And it won't be, it'll never be the same as like Bailey. Oh my God, she's here and she's got the uh, two buddies and she's high fiving and hugging and she's basically like a happy fangirl. Now she's going to be the quirky, fully grown woman, but she's still just too likable to actually boo 
And that would have never happened without the pandemic. So we are very grateful for that. And I think they're, you know, that Bailey may be the best example of that. And that does feel like a, you know, one of the general, you know, takeaways of the pandemic where some people have been able to maybe change the narrative about themselves, you know, whether it's Roman and, and the character he currently has, whether it's any number of people, uh, the work they're doing inside this Thunderdome, the, uh, this era of, of WWE, you know, has kind of changed things. So then once we do kind of return to this semblance of normalcy, you know, maybe, you know, someone like Bailey will be able to enjoy success in a different way, you know, whereas before the pandemic, you know, like you said, as a baby face, she, what didn't quite work and, you know, it, it could have gone differently, but, you know, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Again, just a very interesting question of how the fans will respond once we're back on the road full time. Um, Something like that, I mean, I want I, yet another person I'm very much looking forward to seeing back in front of the crowd, uh, two people, the Street Profits. They were on SmackDown last night, and uh, I, I laughed when uh, Chad Gable approached them and basically said, uh, he literally said, uh, quote, the prof Profits are down, can, like, can I get the smoke, and wanted them to join the Alpha Academy. I thought this was very fun, and this was a great way to, like, you know, start this program with the two non-title uh, contending tag teams on SmackDown, you know, to kind of showcase what what... I don't want to say little depth they have, but, you know, just to make these teams feel more important. So they're not just randomly wrestling in some matches. Uh, and then later, Otis attacks Street Profits and then uh, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins cut a very serious promo. And I, I always like when they like kind of, you know, amp it up a little bit and go from very goofy and serious, uh, goofy and, and uh, lighthearted to like, the, you know, they get, they get serious. And then there's that. I've always thought they do that very well. They, they have layers and I like that. Um, and that's one reason, again, I just really think they, if, if handled properly, they, they could really do great things. Um, I am. I appreciate them attempting this feud. Just like I appreciate Chad Gable saying, can I get the smoke? <laughs> like he was so sincere. And I, I think all of that is great. But the problem is because there's only like three teams on SmackDown, they've already had this match. It's yeah. just, oh, now they're going to focus on each other. And I, I can't get into that, you know? Yeah. And I think that's fair. And yet again, just a uh, full circle here. Uh, Nando saying, you know, for the consolidation purposes, one tag title, one mid-card title, maybe, and two heavyweight champions, you know, for uh, a consolidation there. So then you're, you're lessening the strain on the tag division so that, again, just like the women's division, you know, you're able to say, okay, now we've got, I don't know, eight, nine teams for one title rather than three for one on SmackDown. Uh I, I like the idea, and uh, especially now with, the, with these releases, um, you know, especially after this latest round, uh, seems like it could be possible, at least at some point, sooner or later, I don't know. I have definitely nothing to report, but that's just my opinion of something that might help. Uh, but, you know what else might help? Merging the brands. Like, I'm well, going to... I feel like that's what we're talking about. In a I'm going to beat this drum all day today because... Look at the lack of depth you have because you're trying so hard to make it seem like, oh, we have enough for two brands. And then there's great. No, you need to go. You know what? We're coming back home to the WWE universe and you're going to get to see all your favorites on Raw and SmackDown. Literally just do that. And people won't care. Just say, hey, SummerSlam, we're merging the belts. One champion, Roman versus Bobby or Roman versus Drew. One champion, uh, Bianca and Rhea, and that match sells itself. Yeah, yeah. You got the tag titles. Who? It's um the Mysterios right now, and I legit. Oh, it's AJ and Omos. That match kind of sells itself if you put uh 
Dominic in there with Omos, you know, I can see people getting concerned about that. It's it's time to merge the brands. I really think it's time to end the brand split. Yeah. Uh, again, we were talking about it throughout, uh, throughout today, but uh, the only thing you're down. sacrificing is Survivor Series. And listen, Survivor Series is a legacy event and it can stand on its own merits and it doesn't need the Raw versus SmackDown branding. Right. I've always, I always like when they used to do the feud based, uh, the, the feud based tag team matches that Survivor Series, where it's like Team Blank versus Team Blank. To me, that that's a nice way to kind of, you know, still get that that yeah. that legacy without the 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 brand warfare that doesn't really mean anything these days. But uh, we talked about Helena so earlier. Another uh, potential you know match that might get on that card is Kevin Owens versus Paul Cruz. So the second week in a row, Owens has uh, had a had a bad run in with Commander Aziz. Aziz attacked him backstage before a IC title match this week, and then obviously it was not 100, and it was still a good match, but obviously. Uh, he was not fighting on a level level ground, and that kind of spelled doom for him in the end. Apollo Cruz retained the title. Uh, Second week in a row, now I've said, "Oh man, it'd be good for Apollo to really get a, an actual win over Kevin Owens, you know, former Universal Champion." Uh, and maybe that's where we're going at Hell in a Cell. Uh, unless they do decide to uh, put the title on Kevin Owens. But what do you think of this little uh, feud that we're getting here? And uh, really, you don't think that there's a chance that one of the Hell in a Cell matches we could see is Sami Zayn versus versus Kevin Owens? If you need to throw together a cell match, these two guys have all the history in the world that you could just, okay, put them in the cage and it sells itself. See, it does and it doesn't because before this, like, it's weird. They've just kind of like, it's almost a will they, won't they kind of thing where like we had that four-way title match a couple weeks ago uh, where Owens and Zane were in the match and they and the build up to that, they were still interacting, but they weren't really feuding still. And then after that, this was that was like maybe like two weeks ago um and now zane comes out so like almost this weird like lull in this feud so then and that, like we just said earlier now it's two two weeks away so it'd be while you have that history now they have to find like another reason to like keep this feud going and to me like again if i'm WWE, i don't know if i'd put this match in the cell when to me maybe some other matches need it more and if they do want to do uh owens and zane pay-per-view i don't know maybe do something else instead but it's possible, like you said, the, the the history is there, obviously, and they don't they don't need to work hard to to sell this match. But at the same time, I'd I'd I'd, I'd be a little let down because again, you know, we we're getting especially if we get Rollins and Cesaro, this will be, you know, yet another pay per view just full of rematches. And uh, we've talked about it before. In that case, that that this be kind of like the, you know, final nail on the coffin of saying, okay, they're really just kind of like biding their time until Live Fans Return. This will be, I mean, we've seen Rollins Cesaro WrestleMania. Owens and Zayn WrestleMania, and that was two months ago. And then we had WrestleMania Backlash, a lot of rematches there. Now we're already into June. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily... It feels like that's where we're going anyway, and that's, you know, disappointing, because you know, a lot of time I say SmackDown, you know, they show that's so much better than Raw, but, you know, especially, like, last night, Raw gets criticized for a lot of repetitive booking, and now that's kind of trickling over into SmackDown. And, and that's... Know, a little disappointing to see where you know they've got they've got a great roster they've got any number of things they could do these stress matches but instead we're getting yet yet again more more of the same you know and uh agree that's and that's one reason why i'm glad we've got something like the usos and 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 now they're this storyline with reigns and uh potentially what, what if, if there is any follow-up with the mysterios uh you know at least that's something but again, a, little, a little new i think one of the issues i have with the brands but which a lot of people will say it's a good thing is it kind of forces these 
participation trophy title wins. Yeah. Where I think Apollo's great. I think um who's who's the US champion right now? I'm legitimately blanking on Raw. Seamus. Shame. I think Seamus is having a better run. And I know I couldn't remember who it was for a second, but I think <laughs> Seamus is having a better run. I think if you merge the brands and you don't have to try to, okay, well, let's try to give Apollo something. Let's try to give Ricochet something. If everybody's fighting for a spot and the spots kind of even themselves out and you're not doing these, you know, well, here's your reward title win. Then you've got a more competitive brand because then maybe Seamus moves up to the world title. Maybe, you know, I just think that there's more there. And yes, without a brand split, you never see things like Eddie Guerrero win the world title. You never see things like maybe even Edge takes a lot longer to win a world title. Maybe John Cena takes longer. But, you know, that was a different time. That was a time where you actually had the depth because weekly television consisted of Triple H, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Kane, Batista, all these people. You don't have that now. No. And you're not creating it with this brand split. You're actually just stifling it. So just merge them. And then you wouldn't have to worry about some of these lackluster feuds because it would all even itself out. I mean, I, I, I would agree. And I hate to say, like, I'm not trying to look at it like the grass is always greener, but you know, where we are now and where we've been for so long, like it's hard to not look at a potential brand split and say, okay, that's or a potential brand uh, consolidation or you know unification and say, all right, it's not going to be perfect. There'll still be some downsides, but it's got to be better than this. You know, one, one that's, you know, the I think that'd be good for the women's division, the tag division. Uh, you were just saying it's maybe for the, even the, the mid card uh, division. You know, I do, or, you know, and then you just said a uh, 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 participation trophy. You know, we've seen that for the even the world title. You know, sometimes people get a, a brain atop. Uh, yeah, but a lot of people were you. complaining when Miz was champion for like a week. A week. Yeah, a lot of yeah. people were complaining. But, you know, he deserved it. And and but then again, if they do the consolidate, then that kind of it feels like that'd be a, a more of a rarity rather than maybe as common as we see it now but uh again one of the the big narratives of this week is Nash chris points out when you let the talent go you know and now we get even more of the same thing because they're they're lessening whatever depth they do have um so and they're they're forced to rely on even smaller talent pool especially when it, when it's you know the cuts we saw this week were pretty you know not all all of them but you know some top level talent like braun Strowman, he was in the wb title match last month he was and then lana another featured uh lana was featured on raw yeah uh Strowman was on TV and featured in the top spot all last month. Uh, Black was just Black on just TV. came back. Was just on TV. So yeah, some of these releases are a bit much. Yeah, and I I I wrote a piece to say expressing how upset I was about uh, Alistair Black's release, saying how it all went wrong. And I also the day of other releases, I got in front of a, a live mic and tried to uh, formulate my thoughts and struggled to do so because it was just hard to. Hard to process, like the fact that you know all these talented people got let go at the drop of a hat when these problems are still going on and on. And these any any number of the people that got released this week and last month and on and on and on could have helped, could have made a better show if they used properly and they weren't. Yeah, so you guys know that part. my full time gig is over at Fightful, and Sean broke the news. It was Sean Rossap that broke the news about these people getting released. And he has since said, you know, that he had heard four of the names and those names were Strowman, Lana, Black, and Murphy. And, you know, when you think about that, it's easy to dismiss and go, 
well, there's just no way. Like, there's no way they're releasing Strowman. Strowman, I would have put a million other names out before I brought Strowman. Yeah. And obviously, we've heard now that it's a budget thing because, and it does make sense, even though they are making record profit. In this case, it makes sense because Strowman signed for five years at like a million dollars a year. And yeah, that's, that's, Okay, let's cut that. Maybe revisit it. Lana also had, had a five-year deal. I can understand why they cut her. Like, I don't like it. You never want to see anybody lose their job. But it's just very clear that the rules are changing. And that's the that's an exciting thing in a very strange way. Like the rules are changing. You know, these top level stars are just being released the next day. And now you never know what's gonna happen. Yeah. I'm I'm seeing a lot of comments here about one uh Brock Lesnar, where it's, you know, are they freeing up money to bring back a potential Brock Lesnar who was let go from his contract, I think, shortly after WrestleMania 36? I don't think it was let go. It was more of like they just parted ways that it has kind well, of. I think up. he couldn't travel because he's in yeah, Canada. That, that too. Yeah. And they were just like, okay, let's, you know, quietly separate. But is Brock Lesnar coming back now? There's people. It, it feels like the very obvious move. Yeah, we've talked about it. I think John and I talk about it every week on Raw. We've talked about it. You and I have talked about it before. One that was for gearing up for SummerSlam. Um, SummerSlam, does, uh, obviously, we've got money in the bank, but SummerSlam will be this first, uh, since WrestleMania, this first big show with fans back. They're going to want to you know, put on these marquee matches, whether it's Brock and maybe Roman, maybe, or Brock and Lashley, whatever it might be. Uh, it feels like a very WWE kind of thing to do at this point, where it's like, all right, you know, we need to be able to afford Brock. Uh we obviously it's got the big contract and we want SummerSlam to be this big celebration of wrestling return to normal whatever however you want to phrase it uh i'd be i'd be at this point i'd be surprised if he didn't we don't have any like firm reports that he's coming back or or anything but because of just it feels like so obvious that like this is what they if not now this way should do what they would do it'd almost be a letdown if they didn't because like and that, and now you know just you know kind of it feels like universally everyone's expecting it um and even if it's if that's a little predictable, that feels like it know, seems it, like the right thing to do in a lot of weird ways. Yeah, even though there's still the the, the comments about you know if if they put him if they if they make him a champion, the, the, all the part time stuff or whatever on the site or or pushing a veteran over some of these uh, you know up and coming people, all the stuff is still there. But from a from a business perspective of a guy that draws, a guy that puts puts asses in seats, if you know to quote McFoley. Um, that he does like and like again if we're talking about this it's business if that's and why... it's and more than that as a fan it's fun brock lesnar matches are fun and at this point i haven't seen one in a year and a half so like it'll I'm feel it. fresh yeah yeah you know, especially you know. if you do it with lashley because you know lashley can go toe-to-toe with lesnar and make it believable if your two main matches were like lashley and lesnar and uh roman and cena like that's been rumored that's that's a way to bring fans back that's a big you know two big 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 main events there for SummerSlam, and uh, like you just said those would be fun like you know get rid of the of being jaded of all the you know the frustration of wwe and this business and all this stuff as a fan you're sitting there and if they if if brock comes back if cena comes back when fans uh, are brought back next month those are two huge matches that just as a pure fan I, I would be like wow like that's that's a big deal and that'd be fun to see how they do it so uh i i just want to kind of hope that that does happen just to like really uh, inject some electricity some 
just good old fashioned fun into what we're seeing here. Cause like I was saying now like, we're stuck in this slump where week after week, uh, reruns and that old-fashioned thing that we used to have called fun <laughs> like remember when things were fun i, I do like, um and i, I don't want to be I'm, i never ever ever try to be like negative all right there, every week there's something that's fun all right i enjoyed i'm every, I'm, I'm very much enjoying the the usos and reigns here i'm very much enjoying any number of things like most shows i could say all right i'm enjoying this but also this isn't so good but uh, in terms of something that would really just kind of lift everything up there you know it would be um you know cena and potentially lesnar obviously the drawing power just uh, two big names like and as robert you, you said earlier back in the day they had you know any like probably like, at least a half dozen big names on any, any given week and now yeah they've got some big names lastly uh roman reigns whatever it might be but lesnar and cena obviously on a different level at least for a for the general fan base. So I, I hope that happens. And, and this Chris looks just going to be weird as saying this Chris says, I miss fun. And hopefully, you know, as we, things all, are we all do. <laughs> as, uh, hopefully when things return to normal, we things will get fun again and things are fun. All right. Like last night that we're, this is a SmackDown show, but I had to cover AEW literally right after Andrade comes out. And I literally like, that was jumped, fun. Jumped out of my seat. I was like, I did not see that coming. That is fun. It's like wrestling is fun. All right. I'm like, and WWE still does fun. This is the AW show, but I will say when Vicky Guerrero came out and started talking about a third generation superstar, my concern was that she was going to say Chavo. And I'm like, what can Chavo <laughs> bring to the brand at this point? When she said Andrade, it just felt surreal because now Andrade is part of AEW. He got the graphic, which means they signed him to something. Um, now it's like, now it gets real because now you can see Andrade Cody Rhodes, Andrade Kenny Omega, which is going to happen at Triple Mania anyway, can now be built up entirely on Dynamite. You got Andrade and the Lucha Brothers, Andrade and Neville or uh, Pac. Uh, like there's so much going on yeah and like that like great for them great great gut for them and the WWE. like they still can do things that are fun and they like and they don't, you don't need a brock lesnar to come back you don't need a john cena to come back to make it fun all right but we're talking about you know kind of quick band-aid fixes to kind of like i said inject that fun electricity back into it that's how you do it something big like that uh interesting comment from nando's been asking about the fox deal for smackdown here and he's saying he'd like to see the that we uh, fox contract run out and have fox pick up aw mlw or uh, i'm biased here but ring of honor not um, a not a channel I, I, I was just gonna say fox not WWE, a like they're set I, I he asked how long the deal how much time's left on a deal got to be at least a couple years you know look i can see there being a point where smackdown goes back to a comcast property because there's, I do think Peacock, it would make more sense for everything to be under the WWE umbrella. But if Fox gets away from SmackDown and WWE, they never go back yeah. to the wrestling game. Unless, unless AEW continues Maybe. to grow. Yeah. Then I'd be down the road. But to me, I look at it now, even, you know, we can talk, we can criticize W creative. We can say, you know, we're upset with how some of the business moves they're making, but it is still this global juggernaut and it's still, they're still going strong. They're still making money. Admittedly, they, sometimes they feel like they have to cut people to do it, but, um, you know, they're, they're fine, right? You view USA and Fox and then now Peacock, they are, they are, they are just fine on, on the business side of things. But uh, I do, I've, I've noticed, I've heard this report at least, Jason Michael Campbell saying he's hearing WWE wants to be as big as Marvel. It's not and, a report. It's definitely, it's come out of their mouths that they, yeah. they think that they're as big as Disney, they're as big as Marvel. 
I look, I don't think Marvel. The only reason I like Marvel being under the Disney umbrella is because it makes for fun trips to theme parks and it makes for some good Disney Plus content. Other than that, I don't think that we need to consolidate all these brands. Like, I, people keep talking about WWE selling. I don't want WWE to be under the Comcast banner or the Fox banner maybe the disney banner because then disney plus is all you need but that's that's like literally you don't need to merge all these things this is where merging is not good yes and i think that is right now one of the strengths of the wrestling business where you've got wwe aw as kind of the big two but then a number of other companies as well doing great things so merging in that sense not a good thing because like you want to hold on to that you know individuality in that sense and that competition so uh, we should we should rate, rate the show before we get out of here, Robert. What do you? Well, hold think on, is... no, 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 no. We didn't talk about the women's match on the show. We touched on it. We and we 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 spent like ten minutes talking about how the Car- fact there. Carmella, hold on, because Carmella and Liv Morgan had a match. Michael Cole actually said the words, "Liv Morgan going it alone tonight." Why, Michael? <laughs> Liv, Liv Morgan. Can elaborate? Liv Morgan cuts a lower third promo. Or she talks about it being a rough week for her. I wonder why. Uh, but more than that, for me, because I transcribed Carmela saying this quote, Carmela's back to just being the, I'm so hot and look at me and I'm so... When she had stopped doing that, and you know she stopped because WrestleMania, she was basically just the Mela is money. Yeah. She's doing that. And she said on the Bell Twins podcast a few months ago, yeah, I didn't really like doing that. It's fine and it can be fun but I want to be more. And now they're just like, no, we're going to do that again. Can she get Reginald back now? And can we like retcon that whole thing? Like, what are they doing? Did it feel in a lot of ways like the women's division is regressing in a big, big way? And you've got Nikki Cross, who's so ecstatic that she can last two minutes in a match, here's a woman who had like these crazy brawls with Asuka and NXT, and she's just happy to be here. And now you've got, you know, these diva-esque characters. Yep. I don't love it. I know that there's a place for these diva characters. I'm not saying it all needs to be uh, Sarah Del Rey and by the books professional wrestling, but I don't think it needs to be all or nothing. I think you need to have a good mix of both. And when you get there, that's when we can talk about good things. But we're far, far from that right now. Yeah. And it's sad. And thankfully, like, it's, it's, we, we've talked before with the Tiger Division where, like, you know, we've, it said, oh, oh, they don't care about Tiger wrestling, but then they put on, you know, this featured uh, storyline with the tag titles last night. So that's good. But, you know, you're just saying with the, the Divas, Eric, like characters, you know, you've got, you know, Bianca Belair, you've got Ray Ripley, you've got Charlotte Fire, these like strong characters in their own ways. And then, yeah, you've got Carmella coming out there asking the rain announcer to tell, uh, to announce that she's the most beautiful woman in the world. And yeah, that is that does feel like a step backwards. And like, it, like again, I, I we talked about it before, but you know, the reports that John Laurinaitis kind of you know uh, inspiring some concern that you know that that would happen that that would be a step backwards. And again, yet another thing that's like, man, like it's hard to really sit here and say like you know get be on board with that because things have like at least in the women's division things have been getting better. Obviously, the the you know women's evolution, everything, all of that stuff. Um, Hold on, I want to pull up some of these comments because I see some people talking about who Lily could be, and somebody said they want Liv to be Lily. Uh, I don't think Liv is ever going to be involved in that Wyatt 
story the way that people think that she can be. I understand that both Alexa Bliss and Lily look very much, or Alexa Bliss and Liv look very much like Twitch streamers, and they look like they're, you know, kind of this new age, like, oh, look at us, we're so broken, but we're also cute and having fun. But I don't think that they're ever going to be paired together. That being said, I don't think Lily's going to wind up being a person at all. I think it's just a doll that will eventually get the tag titles, and that's how they'll write off the tag titles. I I could see it happening. Um, I myself like the idea that it could be Nikki Cross. Obviously, that history with Alexa Bliss there. But now, like you said, Nikki's the the little engine that could over on Raw, the way that she's being presented now. Um, so, she's just so happy to last four minutes to the ring. Minutes, well, rather. four minutes combined Almost between total, this week and that. Yeah, but my gosh. Um, I will say, I, I bet, you know, feels like forever ago. When Liv Morgan was on Raw uh, with Paul Heyman at, at the helm, I liked, you know, her, how, you know, he was really presenting her and making her into this, you know, giving her a chance to really shine on her own. Uh, and now that, um, you know, again, one of the silver linings here of these releases that uh, now Liv Morgan could, could, uh, you know, shine on her own again, and and she got that promo last night. She didn't win the match, unfortunately. Uh, but now that she is back on her own, I think that that could be something. Uh, you know, uh, again, when you when you've got seven women on SmackDown, you gotta like, you know, build these build people up because you can't just just rely on Bianca and Bailey all the time. Uh, and now Kamala Kamala did win uh last night, so then maybe they're you know building her back up as well. But uh, overall, there um. Yeah, but like I said, I liked SmackDown last night. This the, the negative energy of the releases. I think I hung over it, especially for me. The, the Alistair Black one that, that hurt deep. Um, that that so just, uh, honestly, he's gonna be fine. He he's gonna be fine. But I just mean as a fan, like that you you. I'm sitting there week after week, wondering what the hell the Dark Father means, wondering what's gonna happen here. You know, popping out of my seat when he when he comes back and attacks Biggie, and we're never gonna know like where that. They, apparently, there was like that. There was no. Uh, long to plan to that anyway, but from a fan's perspective, I wanted to know. And then he's just released, and they never followed up on it at all. So now, next time we see Biggie, it's gonna be like he's just not gonna. He they're not, they're not show gonna... up on Raw. <laughs> he should just show up on Raw with the new day because I, I, I'm not saying it. he I'd shouldn't like be it. a singles, but he should just show up on Raw because at that point it's embarrassing. Like you got screwed out of the IC title by a guy who doesn't exist anymore. What do you do? I don't know. What do you do? You know, and and uh, yeah, obviously they're they're not going to acknowledge it. So then, a guy that's already been kind of in limbo now, the whatever storyline storyline he might have had is gone. So hey, I hadn't thought of it before. No, maybe Raw could use Raw could use him. Put him on Raw. He'll just show Uh, up and he'll go. I'm going to be in Money in the Bank. Yeah, (laughs) he'll show up in a few weeks. He'll be like, I took the last month off because things weren't going my way. I'm going to be in Money in the Bank. I'm going to win it, and then maybe he does. Yeah, and then I mean, maybe there's pancakes in the briefcase that get thrown. Those, those, those pancakes get moldy, Robert. You gotta like, we gotta let them breathe. You gotta let the pancakes get some air. Get, get, no, get they're in the case they're like different that. pancakes. It's like it's like a lunchbox. Yeah. So Otis had a lunchbox. Oh, well, you can't. Otis had a lunchbox. This, there's precedent for this. <laughs> there is. Um, yet again, like we're, I was saying about Liv Morgan, maybe that's a silver lining that you know this could be what finally gets Biggie something. You know where he, he had the IC title reign, but then after he lost that, he'd been he has been just floating around aimlessly. And now, you know, I could very well see that happening where he just might return in a couple weeks, and then 
you know, maybe, maybe that'll be something, but, uh, Again, I liked Smackdown this week. I, I thought it was a good show. I liked uh, Owens, or sorry, Usos and Reigns, all that stuff. Silver Reigns, very, very compelling. I like it every single week. Um, some stuff not so good. You know, the fact that we are still getting this, these continuations of these feuds over and over again. Um, some of them without any real cause, like or you know, in terms of like Bailey getting another title shot without winning a match. Not a good look, but I like it. You know, for me, if uh, I'd probably go for like a 7.8 when that might be a little high, but that, that is very much propped up by the Usos and Rain stuff. Um, it, it's it's a six and a half, and every bit of that six and a half is carried by Roman and the Usos. And no, I'll, I'll give the, the six is carried by Roman and the Usos. I'll give the half to Kevin Owens and everything that happened there being completely logical yeah. in that I appreciate that if you're going to ban the guy from ringside, he's going to attack you backstage. If yeah. you're going to sell the ribs, you sell the ribs on everything, even when you're running the ropes. Yes. And I, if you're going to sell the ribs, the DVD on the apron is the end of the match. I appreciated okay. that. So I give it a six and a half. Wasn't a great show. Could probably catch most of the highlights on YouTube. And that is what it is. Uh, yeah. Pratik here is asking in the comments, do you think when fans return, we can get unique stages for each pay-per-view? Listen, that went away a long time ago. And for the life of me, I'll never understand why, because it used to be, oh man, I can't wait to see what the set's going to look like. And then once you see it, oh man, I can't wait to get that in a video game. Yeah. Like, it just like, now it's just, okay, it's a different screen. I would love to see new sets. I just love that back in the day, man. Damn, I mean, man every, so good. every time I like do a retrospective and like go back and watch an old show for, you know, that I've seen in the past, you know, even just 10 years ago, you know, they would, they would have different That's sets. That's terrible. Even 10 years ago, like Capital Punishment. Yeah. Honestly, as weird as the show as that was, might have been the last show. Well, different, well, cool. Stage. You know, and yeah. I, I miss that. I miss having that that unique identity for each show. Uh, and whereas now, and that's one, one way that you know now uh, a lot of the pay per views feel like elevated episodes of Raw or SmackDown, where it's a slightly different screen, but it's not a different stage. Um, they're they're so advanced that it feels like a regression. Yeah, it's weird. It's very weird, and I, I'd like to see that kind of. You know, everything old is new again, I think. Bring the, the custom stages back. Even if it isn't as, like, new agey as the, the video stuff they have now. I mean, I, I'd like to see that. But for the show itself, uh, James Espanto giving us a 7.3 for SmackDown. Neskers a 7.5. 7 from Craig Backlund as well. So that's going to, you said, you know, in the six ranges there. I'm upper end of the 7 because I'm biased. But, uh, you know, it seems like a fair to middling episode and again sometimes we go a little higher when it's a good show but again just this this uh you know ongoing sense of deja vu and the sameness definitely makes it hard to really go much higher than we than the number i gave and the other number the number robert gave but uh hopefully things will get better you know hopefully uh you know again we got to get through this tough month uh where we're like, last month in the thunderdome and then a little more and then we'll be back and for money in the bank and things will be Supposedly back to normal, you can hope. Well, I'll say this. That weekend in July is going to be crazy. Because first of all, the week beforehand, Major League Wrestling comes back. I don't know when when is best in the world for Ring of Honor. July 11th, Sunday. So, okay. So Saturday and Sunday, it's Major League followed up by Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. And then that next week is... Raw says goodbye to the Thunderdome, and then it's SmackDown with fans. Yeah, Slammiversary from Impact with fans, which might even see Samoa Joe and some people like that. 
Um, then you've got Money in the Bank with fans, and we're all with fans. like we are just back to normal in a few mo- weeks' time. Yeah, and uh, I'm looking forward to it again. Like coming out with a show like this one, there's stuff to like, but then there's a lot of stuff that's like you know same a lot of sameness and what i'll just like redundancy but i'm just coming from nando saying raw was wheaties and smackdown was frosted flakes i'm not quite sure what that means but well wheaties is kind of dry and you know frost flakes they're not good they're great but i i do i i will say this episode of smackdown was less great than most but yes smackdown is more so frosted flakes yeah so i got that little sugary coating with the the rains and uso stuff but that's uh, right you know, um, but yeah, we got to get through this little stretch here. Thank, hopefully, Hell in a Cell will be yet again uh, a show that on paper looks fair to middling and that, and that will exceed expectations. And then there'll be time for Money in the Bank just beyond that. Uh, and like you said, Robert, then in, in July, the, the wheels come off and uh, pretty much every company going back to it. AEW is already almost up and running and they'll be going back in the road uh, in July as well. So there's a lot, a lot to look forward to. And we just got to get through this final little stretch here. Uh, and we'll help you do it every week. We're here, uh, you know, pretty much every any given day of the week. John Clark and I do the Raw Post show on Mondays. John and I also cover NXT. Robert, you and I are here. More often than that, now we'll probably be on Saturdays because AEW is on Friday, uh, has been pushed to Fridays uh, due to NBA stuff, and then they'll have Rampage in August. But uh, we'll be a little flexible in the meantime. But and then the, the Diamond Dudes of Attitude cover AEW, and they also do WCW written. And we also have a, a constant stream of interviews coming at you guys. Bill Pritchard recently interviewed Sean Spears. He's interviewed Eric Rowan, Fred Roster, uh, tons of people. The, the great, great, great names. Got great interviews. Got to check them out. And wherever it might be, something called Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcast. Make sure to leave a like and subscribe. We appreciate your support. And I want to end on a happy note from Fernando Nando saying, it is going to get better. It is. We just got to get through this final stretch here. And uh, even though things might be rough, whether it's the on-screen product, there's stuff that's going on behind the scenes with releases and whatnot, it's important to do one thing. One thing, Robert. That's right. And it it doesn't matter whether it's AEW on a Friday night all the way to midnight. It doesn't matter if it's SmackDown, Raw, NXT, MLW, Ring of Honor, Impact, or any other brand. You guys just got to sit down, relax, and enjoy wrestling indeed thanks for listening everybody